Andy Pearson. Hi, Andy. It's Rebecca. How are you? Oh, hi, Rebecca. Fine, thanks. Yes. How can I help you? just wanted to talk with you, or I just wanted to talk with you very briefly about your December column for Ashray Journal, Math Matters. Yeah. And I was really, really interested. In your column, you said that you experienced two different types of students in math class. There were the ones who needed to have fully understood the details of the previous step before they could move on to the next topic. And then there are those who were willing to accept that it's just that way, and they could leave comprehension for a later date. I was in that first group of students, and I was surprised that that other group even existed. What was your experience with that? Yeah, I was definitely in that second group. And I remember noticing this when I was at high school and thinking that's, that's a bit strange, but didn't think more about it. But it was listening to the radio program that I referenced in the column, the Infinite Monkey Cage, when they had a couple of mathematicians and a statistician talking about their approach to learning math. And it, it struck me, that was what, 40 years after noticing it in school, that this is exactly what I'd observed. And it seemed a real shame to me because the first group, the group you're referring yourself to, definitely seemed to me to be less happy with the way things were, which is a shame because they were stressing about all kinds of stuff that I didn't feel the need to stress about. I was just happy to accept things as they were and get on. I remember picking up the textbook that was on differential calculus, what we would call a fourth year subject, which for you would be, I think, um, 11th or 12th grade, and looking at it the following year and thinking, hey, I remember this being really difficult last year, but we're doing it all the time now. We don't think twice about it. We've got new, really difficult stuff to do. And that's kind of how it was. So the fact that there's a large group of people in society that never had that pointed out to them, I think is really sad, to be honest. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So the column talks about why it's important to be able to understand and work with numbers. So how can we nurture this in young adults? I think it's never too late to go and start poking into the the fun side of math and look at these oddities that I mentioned in the column. You know, that's not something that you have a an ability for when you're a kid and you lose it as you get older. So if it captures anybody's imagination and they want to find out more, there are loads of books explaining these things. Um, you know, you'll find them in all kinds of bookshops or on the web. And it's just looking for the, the fun side. And I'm sure there are a lot of people, you might put yourself in this group as well, that say, you know, math is definitely not fun. It was too stressful. Never again. I'm not going back there. But the point that was being made on the radio program was that approaching numbers in this way and it seemed to be that it didn't matter whether it was doing hard maths or recreational maths or uh, Sudoku puzzles or, or things like that. It didn't matter. It was just working with numbers created a mindset that was better able to sift truth from fiction or uh, the real world from the fake news world. So it develops that kind of a capability. And it seems to me that we need that more than ever before. So the more people that can get turned on to math just for the fun of it and gain that side benefit, if you like, even if you're never using math in your daily working life at all, the more that can do that, the better. And, uh, you know, th there's a great opportunity there that uh, if the column helped to open people's eyes to that, 
then I think that's a great thing. I would say to everybody, particularly engineers reading it, you probably were in that second group if you're an engineer because that's kind of how we all are. Show it to a friend, show it to your, your spouse, show it to your kids, get them excited about numbers because there's great benefits to be had from that. And I always thought I'd just noticed something and it wasn't that important, but listening to the radio program said this is actually really, really important, more important than ever before. So it's worth pursuing. Also, sometimes you think you might not use math in your daily life going forward to get a journalism degree, and then you get a job editing a technical magazine from engineers, and then you use math editing it. Bonus for all those people out there who might need to know that. That would be me. Definitely. And I, I would also say, Rebecca, that my wife would definitely put herself in that first group alongside you. And she always said, I never got algebra at school because you're supposed to be using numbers and you start sticking letters in instead. What's that all about? You know, and I said, well, they're just they're just names for the bits that you don't know. You could call them big one and small one or uh, first number and second number. We tend to call them things like X and Y because we're really boring and we've got no imagination. But there's just naming the thing you don't know until you figure out what it is and then you can put the number in. But yeah, I, she would definitely say she was in that first group as well. So you're not alone there. Probably the majority of people would identify with that. Absolutely. So what's your favorite number, Andy? Well, that's a good question. It needs a bit of explaining. I would say it's 20 and a quarter. It's my favorite number, 20.25. And the reason is, and we get back into algebra a little bit here, there's a really neat rule for multiplying numbers that end in five together for squaring them. So 2.5 squared, you take the front part, the two, and multiply it by one more, which is three, gives you six, two times three is six, and you tack 0.25 on the back. So 2.5 squared is 6.25. 1.5 squared is 2.25. 3.5 squared is 12.25. And you can see what's coming. 4.5 squared, 20.25. And it's the first one of these that's kind of, you might say, non-trivial. You know, it starts to get a little bit complicated after that. So I like it because it demonstrates that rule for multiplying numbers that end in five or squaring numbers that end in five. And you might think, well, nice, but I would never, ever have to do that. But I actually find myself doing it all the time. Because if you want to multiply two kind of big numbers together, you can take the midpoint and square it and then subtract the square of the difference. This is getting terribly technical now. I appreciate that. But it's a, it's a rule called the difference of squares. And to give you an example, if you wanted to multiply 42 by 48, then the quick way to do that is 45 squared minus 3 squared, which is the difference between 45 and the, the two numbers that you had. So we now know that 45 squared is 20, 2025, and we know that 3 squared is 9 because that's easy. That's just 9. So it's uh, 2016 is the answer to 42 times 48. So you can do this kind of mental arithmetic really quickly. You don't need to get your phone out and use the calculator. It's just any number that you can kind of split like that, split it so that it either ends with a zero, which is really easy, or ends with a five, which is quite easy. And it gives you that quick path to a what looked like a really tough mental arithmetic problem, or you'd need to get the pencil and paper out and start doing long multiplication or go to your phone. So I find myself doing that squaring numbers that end in five all the time just because I'm doing that mental arithmetic piece. So 20.25, I like it because it, it, it leads you to all that useful, cool stuff. 
so I'm sounding like a complete lunatic now, I, I guess, you know. You're not, and I followed much of that. So way to go me and way to go math. Absolutely, absolutely. It's There's lots of things like that. I mentioned a couple of examples in the column of just these kind of um, uh, self-replicating numbers, you know, the roly-poly numbers, as I call them, like uh, 142,857, 142857, and if you multiply by two, you get two eight five seven one four. If you multiply by three, you get uh, four two eight five seven one, and so it goes on until you multiply by seven and you get nine 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 nine. So, uh, why are some numbers like that and others are not like that? Since since I first saw that when I was probably about ten years old, I've been mystified by why are some like that and others are not like that. And I guess when you're a ten year old and you're asking these kind of questions, that's okay. If you're still asking these kind of questions when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s, then you've got the right kind of inquiring mind. You know, just why is it like that? And and that's the thing that leads you into developing that mindset. So, yeah, I think there's there's lots that people miss out because they're culturally disposed towards saying, I don't do math. Music's maybe the same in a sense, you know, some kids at school were really good at music and they got to perform in front of the whole school at the end of year show. And others were told, just stand in the corner, don't sing because you sound terrible. And that's an appalling thing to say to a child because, you know, one in 10,000 people are genuinely unable to distinguish one tone from another. Most of us just don't particularly have a great singing voice, but we can develop it. And to be told you're useless, you can't develop it is is really dreadful. So, Math and music, they're kind of the same. The difference is that people reckon that they can do music, but they reckon that they can't do math. And I'm not quite sure where that difference comes from. Learning languages is something that we know we have to work at. Getting good at music is something we know we have to practice. Getting good at math is something that you have to practice no matter what your innate starting ability is. And um, if you practice, it will develop just the same as it does with music or with languages. Awesome. Thank you so much. Great. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for calling. You're welcome.